everyone to the Spirit of the Word podcast. Messages from the 103rd Street Church of God in sunny Jacksonville, Florida. Exodus chapter number 32, looking at verse number 26. If you got it, say amen. Then Moses stood in the gap. In the gate, rather, of the camp, and said, Who is on the Lord's side? Let him come unto me. And all the sons of Levi gathered themselves together unto him. Let me read that one more time. Then Moses stood in the gate of the camp and said, Who is on the Lord's side? Let him come unto me. And all the sons of Levi gathered themselves together unto him. I want to preach today. I've preached along these lines several times. This is definitely a launching pad here this morning. Advantages of being on the Lord's side. Again, shake somebody's hand before you're seated and say, I want to be on the Lord's side. What about you? Hallelujah. Again, we greet you this morning in the house of God, and I am excited of what God has been doing around here. You know, when we when we break forth the bread of life, I love preaching about some of the great characters in the Bible. I love preaching about the prophets. You know, you got the major prophets, you got your minor prophets, and you look at some of the great exploits that they did when God ever. God began to look and speak to the Old Testament people. You'll, you'll, you can jot this down. He always done it through the, through the priests, through the prophets, and of course through the kings. But here today, God had raised up Moses to lead Israel out of Egypt's bondage. I was kind of looking at this this morning and just kind of, you know, contemplated in my mind, kind of visualizing, if you will, if I would would have been there that day. And, uh, you know, when you think about Moses, you kind of think of a character that he was a great person. He had great talents. He was just one that God divinely chosen. But it's not so necessarily in the life of Moses. Because when you look at Moses' life, you'll see in his very beginning, he was a fugitive. He was a murderer. He was running for his life. He is the very opposite that you think that God could ever use to lead Israel out of Egypt. But you know, and that's the way the devil is. He'll tell you you're not adequate. He'll tell you that you're not able to be used for the glory of God. Well, I just want to put a big no right there because that's not so. It's such people like that God pours His divine grace and glory in then He can use you for His grace and His glory. Hallelujah. But but what made the difference in Moses' life? And I'm going to say this and we're going to get into our text this morning. Uh, but, I, but I look at Moses. He's on the backside of a desert. Uh, he's running for his life. He's a fugitive. He's murdered. Uh, he, he just don't know which direction to go uh, until one day he comes up to a burning bush. Uh, I thank God for that burning bush experience. Uh, he looks and it was on fire the bush was. Uh, and it was not being consumed. Uh, but, but it got his 
his attention. Can I just kind of put a little insert right here, you note takers? Hey man, that, that bush, that little tree, it never got nobody's attention until it caught on fire. You know what? You'll never get anybody's attention. You'll never make a difference in this world until you get on fire. Hallelujah. It was burning, the Bible said, but yet it was not being consumed. And he said, Moses turned and looked to see where it was coming from. And the voice spoke from that burning bush and said, Moses, take off your shoes for the ground that you're standing on. It's holy ground. What in the world does that got to do with anything? He's a fugitive. He's a murderer. He's running for his life. He has no direction until he comes up to that burning bush. I can tell you in that burning bush experience, it turned Moses' wilderness into holy ground. You may have walked in this morning. You don't know which direction. You don't know what to do. I can tell you, friend, there's a burning bush going on this morning, uh, and He can turn your circumstances around. Uh, He can put you on the right trail, uh, and more importantly, He can use you uh, for God's glory, uh, and that's what He desires to do. Uh, Can somebody say praise the Lord? Amen. But God had used this great man Moses. There's much we could say here. But you know, God had ordained Moses to lead Israel out of Egypt. But before God ever did this, He called him up on the mountain. I wish I had a little bit of time to talk about that mountain. But He's up there and the Scripture said that God began to give Moses the commandments of the Lord. And He wrote these commandments with the finger of God. So I get upset when the people say, well, man wrote the Word of God. Yeah, they did write it as they were moved on by the Holy Ghost. You and I have read that. But before God ever handled the the, the Scripture and penned anything, it was God Almighty with His hand and with His finger that imprinted the Word of God. And that establishes it. It don't matter what scientists say. It don't matter what the uh, the agnostic uh, uh, atheists say. I'm telling you, it's already been established and somebody can just say, thank the Lord for the established Word of God. But Moses, he had had those commandments in his hand. And here we read in our text, we're finally getting here. God had spoken unto Moses. He had to interrupt and he he stopped doing the commandments. And he said, Moses, those people down there that you brought out of Egypt, they have corrupted themselves. And they are dancing around a golden calf. And you need to, you know, go on down there and let me alone and let my anger wax hot that I may destroy them and raise up another generation. But Moses said, you need to repent. Could you imagine talking to God saying, Lord, you need to repent of this. Usually it's the other way around. But but here's the good part. When Moses finally come down, you would think he's the mighty spiritual one. He's got the tablets in his 
his hand. He's coming down from the mountain. And it said when Moses beheld the people that they were dancing naked around that golden calf. And there's a little insert there. And it said because Aaron made them naked. And it said that Moses, he threw down the tablets and they were broken. There's two things we must understand here. Number one, somebody said, why did God write the tablets? Or rather, why did God write the commandments on a stone tablet and not a wood tablet? It's simply this is a representation of the stony hearts of Israel in that day. And secondly, what we must understand is when he broke those commandments by throwing them down, it is symbolic that the people, what they did, all the way from the first to the last, they broke the commandments of God. Don't you know that God is grieved when his commandments are broken, spiritually speaking here this morning? But yet Moses, he walked over there to that golden calf. He, he grinded it up in powder. He strewed it up and down the river banks. Then he made Israel get on their hands and knees and drink from that river and drink that very thing that they worshipped. Hallelujah. But then Moses, no doubt with a backbone, he said unto them and all the sons of Levi, he told them to take a stand and put every man his sword by his side. He said, go in and out from the gate and slay every man his brother and his companion and his neighbor. In other words, Moses stood in the gate and asked this question, who is on the Lord's side? Let him come over here. And the Bible said those men and women and people that did not come on the Lord's side, they were destroyed. There was about 3,000 people that died that day by the hand of the sword. Let me say this here today. Those that were able to walk away, not only was it the mercies of God, but it was one factor. They were on the Lord's side and there definitely is benefits. Can you say praise the Lord? That's what I want to talk about for just a few moments. Advantages of being on the Lord's side this morning. When we are on the Lord's side, there are not only advantages, but there is life. When I think about life, what is life? Somebody said it's giving blood. Well, that's life. Somebody's got different definitions. But I like what Jesus said. He said in St. John 6.53, verily, I say unto you, except you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life in you. He said in St. John 6, 63, it is the spirit that quickeneth and the flesh profiteth nothing. He said the words I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. From that time, many of the disciples, they walked no more with the Lord. Amen. But Jesus, 
Jesus said in St. John 6.66 they no longer walked with him but he looked unto Peter he looked unto the disciples and he didn't sit there and say oh no I'm going to lose some people I'm going to offend some people Jesus looked them eye to eye and said will you go away too Peter said where shall we go thou hast the words of eternal life let me tell you friend life is not in a bank account life is not in a brand new car life is knowing Jesus Christ and being on his side that when he looks at you when the doctor shakes his head and walks away and said you're in the third stages of cancer you can lift up your hands and say thank God I'm getting ready to go home it's not a drudgery it's not a death but it is life more abundantly somebody give God glory when we talk about life Jesus said in St. John 3.36 He that believeth on the Son has everlasting life and he that believeth not on the Son shall not see life but the wrath of God abideth on him. Oh my, my, my. You see, when Jesus is living inside there's going to be life. I like what uh, St. Matthew chapter number 8, it talks about the centurion. When he came unto Jesus, you see, they had just went into Capernaum. And Capernaum was was an evil place. You do some studying there. But, um, you know, the question was asked this morning. And, uh, you know, why don't we see the miracles of God anymore? Somebody said this morning in the class, uh, why is it that we don't see the healings uh, and demons cast out? Uh, well, I, I wanted to say somebody didn't. Uh, I held the reins, sister teacher, amen. Uh, oh, because uh, a lot of times I get it on my mind and, and I forget about my message and I'll preach the whole Sunday school lesson again. Uh, and, and so I try not to go that route. Uh, but, but the question was raised, why uh, is it that we don't see it? Well, uh, that's easy. That's an easy easy question because number one Jesus when he came he came as you and me he was flesh he was the word made flesh everything he did he done it as you and me full of the Holy Ghost according to Luke chapter number four hallelujah but there's one thing that Jesus did he prayed all night long there were some other things that he did he went on a long fast So there's things that you see in Jesus' life that brought these miracles and signs and wonders. He was constantly in the presence of God. He was constantly praying. He was constantly fasting. And you know what? Wherever there is little prayer, there will be little faith. But wherever there is much prayer and fasting, there will be a power and a authority and anointing to accomplish the duties and fulfill the will of God in our lives. The reason many times across the board we don't see signs following the believers because believers don't believe it anymore. Woo! There I said it and I ain't taking it back. 
Oh, but Matthew chapter number 8. After he had came out of uh, being in, 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 in the presence of his father. Matthew chapter number 8 says it like this. Uh, that a centurion came unto him beseeching him. Uh, and saying, Lord, my servant is lying home. Grievously tormented with a palsy. Uh, and Jesus speaks up and says, I will come and heal him. Uh, but the centurion said, but Lord, uh, just speak the word. Just speak the word. What do you mean? Just speak the word. He begins to explain it. He said, I am a man of authority. He said, I speak to this soldier and he comes. I speak to another to go and he goeth. He said, just speak the word, Lord. What he was simply saying, if you are who you would say you are, if you can do what you said you can do, then you don't have to go to my house. You ain't got to worry about it. All you've got to do is speak the word. Let me tell you, friend, Jesus made this statement. He said, I've not seen such great faith. No, not so much in Israel. But then he looks and he points and he looks at the centurion and he says, as thou hast believed, go thy way. Thy servant is made whole. Let me tell you something today. Being on the Lord's side, there are advantages and it is life. Oh, let me take us back. We, we have the decision. We have that authority in our mind that we can drag in. Well, it's another Sunday service. I think I'll flop down on my pew. And I think I'm going to go through the poor pitiful me. Or yet we can rise above our problems. We can rise above our circumstances. Let me tell you, when I walked in this morning, I wasn't looking at you. I wasn't looking at the problems. I've got my eyes on the prize. Jesus is about to come. All I can see is heaven inside. I'm on the Lord's side. What about you this morning? Give Him praise here today. Hallelujah. You see, Paul wrote in Romans 6 and 23, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Not just a week life or a month life or a year life, but eternal. A billion years won't be the beginning. Woo, hallelujah. I'm telling you, the older I get, I looked in the mirror, I looked at my hair. I said, my, what's going on? Woo, it's turning gray, turning loose. I don't know what the third stage is. I'm scared to say Hallelujah. But you know what? I'm not worried about it. Because one day I'm going to meet him. I'm going to stand before him. You mean to tell me, Brother Rowan, you're not afraid? No, because I read in the Bible, if I'm on the Lord's side, the Bible said it through the epistle that He is able to present you and me faultless before the Father. Hallelujah. You know what? When I stand before God, I don't know if the devil's going to be there or not. I can just see the devil, Satan, Lucifer, the accuser of the brethren, and he may look at me 
and look at the Holy Ghost and say, you know something, Holy Ghost? That Kurt Roden, he's been a scoundrel. He was a no down, low down dirt ball of a man. I've got a record and the devil may lay it out and it may hit the floor. But you know what? While the Holy Ghost is looking at that record, I believe the Son of God, Jesus Christ, is going to say, wait a minute, can I have a voice here? Amen. Do you remember October the 22nd, 1983? Oh, that when I came into his life, I washed him completely whole. There is no record of it here, Mr. Devil. I can see the Holy Ghost as he begins to go through the book of life. And he looks and he says, yep, there's his name right there. But I don't have any record that he was a scoundrel. He was a drug addict. He was an alcoholic. He was a no no good dirt ball of a man. There's no record of it here. What are you saying? I'm saying here today, when I stand before God, He's going to look at the devil. He's going to say, I see nothing but the blood of Jesus Christ. There's advantages of being on the Lord's side. When you're on the Lord's side there, you will have life. And you will have it more abundantly. Thank God. Amen. Advantages of being on the Lord's side. You're going to be helped. God will see that His people are taken care of. He will help them that follow Him. Did you get that? Those that follow Him. David said in Psalms 28 and 7, He said, The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusteth in Him, and I am helped. Woo! In the midnight hour when you don't know which way to turn, you can be marvelously helped. I told you about a young man, or I say a young man, 61, that's young great friend of mine. I've got a picture of him. Me and him was on the Hulk uh, uh, roller coaster. Amen. That, that we got by that camera there. I knew where the cameras was when we come off that one loop on that crazy roller coaster. Uh, I told him, I said, now when we get to this certain point, uh, you smile real big. And we come off of that one hill. Uh, it took all you could do to hang on. Uh, but then we got to the bottom flash. It took our picture. Uh, we got, we liked it so good, we took it. Uh, it. It looked like two little kids in a candy store uh, on that roller coaster having a great time. Well, uh, that same man, he walked out the back door here just last week. He told his working partner, he said, I'm going to lunch. I'll see you after lunch. They said, okay. But when he went home to eat lunch, he went outside the back door. And when he, his wife came in to eat lunch with him, they found him in the yard. He, he, he was dead. You know, when you look at this particular thing, you say, how in the world can this happen? But where I'm coming from, I'm talking about being helped. Don't you know that that wife is distraught this morning. Uh, I thought of the first thing I thought of today uh, when I got up out of my bed. 
And before I came to the church early this morning, uh, I thought about those two uh, uh, beautiful sons that he's got. Don't you know they're scratching their head, uh, wondering, oh, why did this have to happen? Uh, Why did this take place? Uh, I can assure you this morning, uh, before God ever makes any kind of a decision, uh, he looks way ahead uh, and he knows what's best uh, for that family, no matter what it looks like. Uh, And this is what David was simply saying. He said, the Lord is my strength, my shield, my heart, trusteth in Him. And he said, I am held. Therefore, my heart greatly rejoices. And with my song, I will praise Him. i got to tell somebody here today, don't let the devil rob you of your song this morning. Isaiah 50 and 9, he said, Behold, the Lord will help me. Who is he that condemns me? Lo, they all shall wax old as a garment, and as a moth, eat them up. I like what Brother Jib said this morning. Speak evil of no man. That's what the book said. You know what? If you don't like somebody, that don't give you the right to talk about them. In fact, if you don't like them, it might be a sure indication that you might have a root of bitterness. You might be having a garden and you might you, you may think you're growing that good fruit, uh, but it might be fruits of bitterness, hatred, malice, strife, envy. Self. Oh my, I'm on a roll here this morning. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I wonder where that came from. Amen. But oh, let me tell you, friend, it don't give anybody the right to tear down your brother. It don't give anybody the right to tear down your sister. In fact, what we need to do once again is recognize where he brought you from and me from. Because when he's found me, he didn't find me in my multi-millions, in my business corporation. He found me a no good, low down, sinner, wretched, blind, naked, poor, needed God. And through it all, he reached down and he picked me up and he made me a brand new creature. If you've ever watched Bambi, it's a little cartoon. Anybody ever seen Bambi? If you on television, you know, I like Thumper. Everybody know who Thumper is? You know what Thumper said? If you can't say nothing good about somebody, don't say nothing at all. I said, Thumper is preaching a sermon. And it don't even know it. Glory to God. Uh, Hallelujah. I'm talking about being helped this morning. Uh, I was down in South Florida years ago uh, in the Bowling Green Church of God. Had a dear lady. She's gone on to meet a reward today. Uh, Her name was Sister Prestridge. Some of you may know her. uh, And... uh, I don't know how many people here know about uh, big submersible pumps and uh, 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 turbine pumps. Uh, they, they use these pumps to, to pump out the water out of the ground. Hundreds and thousands of gallons of water uh, will be pumped out of the ground. Uh, and they water these orange groves and they water the watermelon fields and all these big fields that they have. Uh, and... Uh, 
If you've got a shallow well pump, what it does, it pumps so much water out of the ground, these turbines, that the water table begins to drop. And if you've got a shallow well, what happens is your pump will burn up because your pipe and your shallow well don't go deep enough into the water table. Therefore, it's just pumping dust, if you will. And because of there is no water, it'll burn up the barrens, it'll burn up the seals. You've got a pump that's running, but it just ain't pumping no water. My, whoa, we need to write that down. Glory to God. Whoa, hey, I ain't gonna say it, but I want it to. But nevertheless, how let me go on right here. Thank you, Lord. But but, but I remember Sister Prestridge. She got up in that sanctuary. Our pastor said, Sister Prestridge, will you want to testify this morning? I remember the words she said. She said, Pastor, uh, the Lord done a miracle this morning. Uh, he helped me today. How did he help you, Sister Prestridge? Uh, well, the water table had went down. Uh, the, those big old turbine pumps uh, had pumped all the water out of the uh, out of the ground. Uh, I didn't have any water in my well. Everybody around, or neighbors didn't have no water. Uh, everybody was out of water. Uh, but I had children to feed. I uh, had children to bathe. Uh, I had to clean. I needed some water water. What'd you do, Sister Prestridge? I prayed that God would put water in my well right there. I know I've lost half of you. Now, Brother Rowan, you're just kind of getting fanatic here. Hey, man, you need to read the book again. Because I read in the Bible, in Matthew 21 and 22, in all things whatsoever you ask in prayer, believing you shall receive it. Matthew 7 and 7, asking you shall receive it. You've walked in this morning uh, and you've let the devil hinder you uh, in your prayers being answered. Uh, listen, rise above it this morning. Uh, let God arise uh, and let his enemies be scattered. Uh, you mean to tell me she, she prayed uh, for God to put water in her well? Uh, she sore did. Uh, and then she put her faith to work. Uh, she walked over there to the spigot uh, and turned it on. Uh, and guess what? Uh, water began to come out of that spigot. It up. Let me tell you, God is bigger than your problem. He's bigger than your situation. He's bigger than anything that comes against you. And whatever you face, it's got to come across God's desk and He will approve it. God's got you right where He wants you this morning. You just got to believe Him. You just got to trust Him. You just got to hold on to Him. Because if you do, He will help you. He will minister unto you. He will help you today. Hallelujah. Hebrews 13 and 6. He said, let your conversation be without covetousness. And be content with such thing as ye have. For He has said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. Man, I feel the Lord in this house this morning. Oh, He's talking to somebody. He wants to help us. He wants to minister to us. I remember I was in Jamaica here just, I don't know how many, maybe it been 12 months ago, 13 months ago. And I'm not rose in my lapel. I'm talking about the God of heaven here this morning. 
we had walked in and we had done a crusade in that service, in those services, I should say. Gregory Park, Brother Mark Reed was the, the pastor there. And I had preached that, that morning and, and God gave me a word for the people and I was so excited because the people came to the altar and they were greatly being blessed of the Lord. Well, many of them found out I could play a little bit on the keyboard and I guess a change of pace. I went to the keyboard there after I got through preaching. The pastor there was kind of moderating the services uh, and, and praying over all that need those that needed to come uh, and give their heart and life unto the Lord. Well, it, it was one of those, it was an unusual presence of God that morning. Uh, you know what I'm talking about. Some of you know where I'm coming from. Uh, I remember I was sitting on the keyboard playing softly, uh, getting the singers together, getting ready to sing a song uh, because their altar calls isn't five and ten minutes long. Uh, uh, you'll be there for a while, friend. And, and 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 I begin to play on the piano and and playing music softly. All of a sudden, I saw chairs just being flinged, and there was a great commotion, a lot of ruckus going on. I turned aside and to see, but there was a woman there. I'm not going to say she was demon possessed. I'm careful to say that because I don't get into demonology. I don't read a bunch of devil magazines, but I do believe that there are people that are demon possessed and that need deliverance. And, and what had happened in that service, that woman had come up and the Holy Ghost came upon some of those great people and they laid hands upon her and she began to fall out and those church people laid hands on her. If there was anything that wasn't God, it was going to come out for him. Because like somebody said this morning, we used to really pray them in the all. We wouldn't leave until they got prayed through Today, Sonys and uh, uh, all these other things kind of hinder uh, the work of God, but not necessarily there. Uh, I remember when I looked and turned, uh, this woman was being touched. Uh, this woman was being delivered. Uh, can I just say this woman uh, was being greatly helped uh, of the Lord? Uh, amen. We, I mean, they prayed for a good while. Uh, after the service, I shook her hand, uh, was told her I was glad to see her, uh, hope to see here tomorrow night. Uh, amen. But it was the next day, Brother Sumner, uh, me and the pastor and the team, uh, we were riding down the road about a half a mile, maybe a mile uh, from the church. And during that week, uh, they had what we call solemn assembly. Uh, you know what solemn assembly is, uh, where people pray uh, and fast. Woo! Hallelujah! And people had come from the church. Uh, they were lingering in the presence of God uh, in that service. Yes, they were. Uh, and my, 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 the pastor there of the church, uh, he said, look at there. Uh, I stopped and I looked. Uh, I seen this woman. Uh, she was walking down the street. Uh, she had just an old worn out pair of shoes on. Uh, I didn't even recognize her. Uh, he, he said, Brother Roland, do you know who that is? Uh, I said, no, not yet. I don't. Uh, he said, that's that woman uh, that came to the service last night uh, and got delivered. Uh, and now she's walking. Uh, ain't no telling how many miles she had to walk to the house of God. Let me tell you something, friend. I love to see people run. I love to see people shout. But what thrills me more than anything is when people get what they need at an altar of prayer. They are marvelously helped, thank God. 
God wants to help us today. He loves you with an unspeakable love. So when Isaiah 50 and 9 said, Behold, the Lord will help me. Who is he that shall condemn me? They shall wax old as a garment and shall, and as a moth, it shall eat them up. Last of all, amen, the prophets, the advantages of being on the Lord's side is being loved. As you know, you're loved today. You may not think nobody loves you, but God loves you. He's concerned about you this morning. No matter what you're facing, no matter what you're going through, God longs to help you this morning. Hallelujah. St. John 15 and 13. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Jesus didn't die on the cross just to defeat the devil. The devil's done been defeated. Yeah, I know he was defeated when Jesus died and the blood was applied and redemption and the I know all that. But I'm telling you, I read in, in the book of Revelations, chapter number 20, John wrote it, verse number 1, and I saw an angel having the key to the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand, and he laid hold upon the devil. Just one little angel put the devil to flight. I'm telling you, that devil's defeated this morning. I like what Romans, Paul wrote in Romans 8 and 35, Who shall separate me from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, pearl, or sword? As it is written, we are killed all the day long, for we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, here it is, nor angels. Not only does one angel take the devil and, and bind him a thousand years, God said through the Apostle Paul that not even the angels can separate you from the love of God. You know why? Because you're loved. He purchased you. And no matter what your need is this morning, God wants to supply it. God wants to minister. And He wants to make you not only His child today, but He wants to show you that He's Lord in your walk with Him. He loves you with an unspeakable love. I'm closing here. Hallelujah. It was many years ago now. I was preaching. My, I've got a dear brother. I was evangelizing. I got behind the pulpit in a church, a Crescent City Church of God. We'll never forget it. Preached the message that morning, and lo and behold, my mother had intercepted, called my brother. I was 45 minutes away from my brother. Well, my brother, my own flesh and blood brother, he came to the service that night. The pastor, when he introduced the evangelist, I, I come to the pulpit and I said, uh, you know, greeting the folks like I usually do. But when I greeted the people there, I saw my brother come in. He was running a little bit late. 
I, I lost everything. I couldn't believe it. I mean, you, you, you could have set off a stick of dynamite. It wouldn't have affected me any more than seeing my brother walk into the house of God. Uh, God had been answering prayer. God had begun to move in a way. Uh, uh, to see my brother in, that was only answered prayer. And I remember that morning I preached the Word of God, Brother Sumner. When I preached, the Holy Ghost moved. The Holy Ghost gave out a message. Uh, it was an interp- interpretation. I saw my own brother. He got up and he walked outside. I guess he went to the, the men's room or something. Well, as soon as I got a break in the altar, I went back in the back, looked for him. And when I finally found him, tears had been streaming down his face. God had been dealing with him. You know why God was dealing with him? Yes, God was answering prayer. But because God loved him. And no matter what he done, God wants to bring him in. He never gave his heart and life to God that day. But you know what? I've been praying, God, whatever it takes. God, bring him in. Listen, there's not. it's not worth it for one person to go to hell, friend. Hell will be eternal. Hell will be more than anybody can even imagine here this morning. When I preach about hell, I preach very, very humbly and very soft, but yet with urgency that it is a real place. And if you don't know the Lord, that you will go there. But if you go there, you'll go as an intruder because God gave His only begotten Son to keep you from there. Why? Because He loves you. He loves you this morning. And I can tell you that today that there are advantages of being on the Lord's side. And if you're not on the Lord's side, you need to be on the Lord's side this morning because He loves you and He's concerned about you today. Would you stand with me this morning? I don't know what time it is.